Hey everyone, this is Nick Dio. I moderate and manage the 40s program here at VaynerMedia, and I've been with the agency and Gary for uh, a little over five and a half years. Time really does fly when you're having fun. Now, recently we've been posting the full video and audio, as you may have heard here on the podcast, from Gary's portion of the 40s programming. And the feedback that we've gotten has, has just been tremendous. So the good news is we're gonna keep on doing it. For me right now, I, I wanna set the stage really for what you're about to listen to and maybe provide a little context into what 40s is. So let's start with 40s first. 40s stands for Daily Digital Deep Dive is really a tactical workshop. It's a full day tactical workshop that's hosted at VaynerMedia offices in New York, London, LA, and we do a couple offsite every once in a while. They bring together VaynerMedia's IP and approach to social and digital for operators and marketers of all size businesses. In terms of what you're about to listen to, this is Gary's consulting and Q&A portion of the 40s programming, which is one of eight sessions that happens throughout the course of the day at VaynerMedia. In this session specifically, Gary goes one-on-one with attendees in the room to provide his very much so unfiltered advice and perspective on their business challenges and spends the time to work through it with them. Now, I think what's really applicable from the listener's perspective here is your ability to draw parallels to your own business. What you'll hear Gary talk about today in this episode is unpacking the layers of attention in our digital world, weighing the prioritization of your side hustle and your full-time job, and the short-term versus long-term behavior in business that are often displayed by companies. Throughout the session and your listening experience here, I'm going to pop in and provide some added context that might be missing from the audio experience, but uh, I'll try not to do that too frequently. This is probably the only time I get to interrupt Gary, so I'll take advantage of it a few times, but I won't abuse it. Without further ado, let's kind of get into it. Uh, we're going to call this Inside 4D. So for the, the first inaugural episode, welcome to Inside 4Ds. Hello. Hey there. Hello. Fucking Christ. Nice to meet you. I'm Alexa. Hi, Alexa. How are you? Good, how are you? Alexa, that's going to be yeah. fucking... <laughs> You're going to be dealing with that for the yeah, rest of your I fucking know. life. Uh, I agree. Uh, thanks for coming. How's it going so far? Fantastic. Good. You filmed some shit outside when I walked in this morning, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that was the dude that filmed you, right? Yeah, I saw That's that. It. I was like, that dude's, I mean, some dude's like filming outside our office. I'm like, he's definitely here for 4Ds. <laughs> uh, cool. So uh, um, why don't you guys go around and uh, and just tell me uh, your name, which, oh, now we have name, play- you guys are really loving up this 4D shit. There's name tags on the press. I mean, Mark Evans, they're clowning on you on this one. <laughs> um, and, and to give me like a brief lay, uh, sense of what your business is about and then we'll go back around and do one-on-one questions and really take advantage of it, so. All right. Go ahead. So my name's Alexa Caballo-Hughes. I'm with Remax Legend, Connecticut. So I'm a DOB, daughter of a broker. My mom <laughs> owns three, three Remax franchises. I've been in it for about seven years, my mom 13. I'm seeing a lot of changes and I'm seeing a lot of opportunities. 
So one thing that I really think I want to focus on is providing phenomenal value for people looking to relocate because there's not one platform where people can go and compare state by state. Something retirement community, people relocating, finding a place to relax, vacation, etc. And from there, 20% of my business last year was strictly agent agent referrals. So I feel that my network can continue to grow. Right, and that and that is lucrative, right? Like that's totally. literally making money to be like, hey Rick, talk to Susan. Right. It's about people like knowing you. My sister just became a real estate agent. I'm like, listen, I got a good idea. I'll send out one fucking social media post and you just take a million dollars in referral fees. She's like, please. Okay, got and it. That, and that's exactly like what I'm looking to focus on is I just making that awesome. happen even more. And I also want to be the voice of Amazon Alexa anytime there's a question about real estate. I get it. You're going to have to pay a lot of money for that. Okay. And I'll explain. Perfect. So I'm Ricky Cruz from Orange Beach, Alabama. I'm also in real estate, Remax Orange Beach. Um, so I've been selling real estate for 16 years. In the past year, I started social media, like I didn't do it before. Right. Like business on email. You're like, that's not gonna sell shit for me, right? Is how you thought uh, about it? Right, it's, it's the mindset. But uh, so, Always. so I started speaking, coaching, I now do a vlog, a YouTube. What made you do that? Watching like what, what, really? Just well, well, I had a passion for the fact that I value relationships over transactions and I have a, like, like my mission is to reduce the failure rate. Cause yeah. I watch agents come in and out, yeah. in and out. And the problem is they, the, the cookie cutter system doesn't really, the way that they, they teach you I to know. communicate, I is know. It, it teaches them to go after the deal. And so what I'm Short doing term. is I'm, I'm teaching agents how to communicate who they are as a person, like that they care about people with how they're, you know, who they are with how they communicate. Which is clients. often their truth and they're taught right. out of it. Right, right, and so they don't know any better. And so I'm trying to come it. in and go against the grain. And it's so, super hard, right? Like one of the things I've been realizing the last couple of years, something I don't talk a lot about is, I mention it, but I'm really starting to tap into it is, boy, do I leave a lot of money on the table, like every year, and like, you know, like a lot. And I'm like, and, and you just ask yourself why. Like, you, you know, why is important and like it makes so much sense. It's just because I'm going for bigger and better and legacy and more money. Like, it's all of it. And it's super counterintuitive. It's just not, and especially if you're in sales. But it's, but all the actions in the reverse. It's cool. Right, right. Awesome. I'm Chris uh, from Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And by day, I'm a web dev for a corporate we do state web apps. Uh, super fun. Um, but then in the morning and night, I'm working on my side business, which is started as building websites, but I'm trying to branch into small business marketing, going in, um, helping them identify what their unique thing is, and then making sure everything focuses on that. And you want to charge them for that thinking? The, the execution. So it's, it's, it's a smaller version of basically. Totally understand. Love it. Yep. Kev Bass from Alaska. Um, what part? Uh, Soldotna, Alaska. Where's that? Two hour drive south of Anchorage. Um, used to Everybody has to use Anchorage as the point, right? <laughs> yeah, figured, exactly. figured. It's by Anchorage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I've been in the sleep medicine business for 22 years. Sleep medicine. Yeah. Keep going. Um, done two, two startups and um, been successful with both those and sold both of them. That's awesome. The third one I swung and missed at, so now I'm on my fourth one, which is the thing. What's the learning? The learning? Of the third one. Of the third one. Was that Especially cool? after having two wins. I like the redheaded stepchild. I didn't go all in. I, uh-huh. I didn't give it all the attention uh-huh. it needed. And I was just sitting back fat and happy on my other stuff. Uh-huh. So, 
I, I knew that, and that's a lesson learned right there. I love it. I can still spin that around though, because I still of course. On the site and I of course. still own the traffic and You're just, like that. So but just, you just have to decide if that's what you want exactly. to do. Opportunity costs. Yeah. So, um, so I my la- my latest thing is inbound marketing, content marketing, helping others create content that they can be found, which was something that I learned earlier in one of the sessions is that being an educator without a classroom is nothing. Because unless, if you create all this wonderful content but somebody can't find it, it's all for nothing, so. Very cool. Awesome, glad you're here. Hi, Jose Avides, I'm from Puerto Rico originally. I live in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, I started, so I just recently joined a company called Prepper Advantage, basically emergency survival preparedness, uh, kind of crisis management situation um, management. And, uh, for people or companies? For people. So basically, survival emergency situations, you know what to do, kind of to give you the tools to, to survive in a, like an, an emergency type of survival situation type of scenario. Like a terrorist attack? Like technically. Well, like. Not like a beehive fell on your head. Well, no. What about a heart attack of your coworker? Like somebody, like Severin already, you need to know what to figure mm-hmm. out, like tourniqueted or Go ahead. whatever needs to do, like parents to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, That's interesting. So um, super on trend, right? So, Seriously, yeah. Like there's just a lot of fuck. Like fear is a really good business, right? Like hurricanes, you name it, right? So anything that setting up the average guy with the tools they need to protect their family from X, whatever that X means. And and selling on the psychology of like, yo, bro, you've got to be a guy's guy. Selling the psychology that like. You need to know what you don't know and you need to know. But clearly playing on emotion, not math. Because the math of what you're selling doesn't play out, but the emotion feels like it does. Insurance. Exactly. Like insurance is a real bad business for us. It just feels like you have to have it. Right, absolutely. Yeah, so I. Okay, I understand. So I I was project management, corporate America, and I started that inside, doing that in that market. And it kind of got noticed by a bigger company, and now I'm going on board with them. That's how I kind of got. And are you a minority partner? Are you like a president? Like, what's I'm, your? I'm just kind of, kind of like an employee with them. Okay. Yeah. So they, well, Great. basically, they're starting up to run. And so, why are you here? So they brought me in because they want to become the Prepare Advantage wants to become kind of like the Gary, Gary V of that space. They want to be the brand. The brand disrupting being on people on the on the, on the customer's phone. I understand. You know, hitting them with every. Are you running marketing? Yeah. Understood. Awesome. Thanks. Adam Wallace, uh, been a minute. Um, sure has, brother. I smiled when I saw you. <laughs> How you been? Good. Good. Great, Great to see you. Um, so yeah, started in 2006 at my family's hotel, the Roger Smith. I remember. Um, we, uh, Do you guys want to hear an insane thing? <laughs> when Vay- when Vayner Media started, I traded a, a sit-down consulting session with them for AJ to live in the Roger Smith Hotel for like a month because there was a transition. Like if you go find Zhang and if you find Zhang and Poe right now, they like played Madden in like the Roger Smith, like they would all crash at the hotel for the first month because we were literally like, like AJ didn't want to live at in Jersey, we just opened and he didn't have a place. I don't remember what the circumstances were. It's so amazing. AJ always is the best. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> as, as you're starting out, and, and, and a couple of things you know, that were super interesting from that session in terms of understanding the hotel business, and we were. When I left, were, were the rest of the characters in that room like, 
what the fuck, or we should do this, or like. I mean, the thing that I, that I carried on is the uh, perishability of hotel inventory that we talked about. Yes, I'm still that, obsessed with that. Yeah, that like, if you don't sell a room tonight, you're not gonna sell it tomorrow. Right, so like, what can you do with it? Oh God, I'm so into that. This was pre yes. marketing in yes. hotels and now that's become such a big thing. Yes. How do you use Sunday hundred percent Or or for Vayner, like we we produce things and we have a great studio, but like I don't know, like maybe we wanna run to Midtown and have two rooms that are for the night that we can film in. Like there's so much like assets are assets. I don't know if I use this analogy because I th- I definitely used it back. I, I definitely love this analogy for much longer because I've used it since I was a kid. It's somebody literally one day just looked at sawdust and was like, I should sell this. Like that actually happened, just so everybody knows. Like there was a day when people were cutting wood forever and then who knows how many hundred years ago or 50 years ago, I just don't know. But somebody just looked at it and was like, fuck it, I'm gonna sell that too. This. This was free. <laughs> Let me phrase, this is free. So interesting. Anyway, cool. So, since then, um, I've gone on to create a, a marketing agency. Yep, I noticed that. Yep. And, um, you know, at that moment, you, you go on and create the biggest social agency and I had this you know, very focused niche of luxury and lifestyle hotels and to create an agency of 20 people, no more, boutique scale, working with the best clients in the industry. And is that what's happening? Rosewood edition. It's awesome. Social, it's awesome, man. Yeah. the whole thing. Of a lot of the top lifestyle and luxury brands. Um, so cool. Super exciting and um, excited to now see you know all of what you guys are doing. Yep. And, you know, in this big. That scale makes a lot of sense. It makes yeah. Really if you get one insight, it's worth the ROI niche, for you. Makes sense. Then, yeah. Awesome. So, it's good to see, you, bro. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Schoonover, Vice President of Marketing for Lakeland Industries. We're a global manufacturer of disposable chemical and fire protective clothing. Understood. So primarily B two B. B two B. Yeah, heavy industry. You know, refineries, fire departments. Yes. Uh, that sort of stuff. Government agencies too. A little bit for government, not too much. Understood. Um, but here primarily for that, and also talked to you a little bit about the side hustle, helping out a couple of guys in Sonoma, doing about 500 cases. No year. shit. Oh, I can really help you. <laughs> yeah. Probably not enough volume for the wine club, but. Yeah. I get it. Soon. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. And why? Where do you live? I live in Chicago and Sonoma. Interesting. Yeah. Just for lifestyle purposes Just with Sonoma? Good for you. Hopefully, uh, Maybe get it. Great. Realty answer on both fronts. You know, That's cool. I'm one of the few guys when you ask at a keynote, I'm old enough to give it up because I'm old. Yeah. yeah. So. Good for you. Cool. Hey, Ward Richmond. I'm with Colliers. Uh, I'm an executive vice president. I uh, focus on supply chain real estate. So distribution centers, manufacturing facilities. I represent typically 3PLs, third-party logistics companies, yep. with their macro real estate strategy. Interesting. Yeah. That's what so the company does? That's what my team does within our company. And what does the company do? Our company is full-service commercial real estate. So Big. everything from retail, multifamily. I've started a QSR there. and I'm really like gonna expand and I work with you to open up my seven locations down south. Yeah, or if you're a retailer and you built your distribution network in 1996. You're in deep shit. Uh, you're in deep shit. So we're helping them with site selection, network optimization studies. And does that really pander to UPS and FedEx and other capabilities like that? Yeah, FedEx is one of my clients also. So we work with mm-hmm. the logistics companies and then we also work with the e-commerce companies and the retailers. So sometimes they will I totally engage get it. Uh, the logistics companies to handle that for them or other times and so, they'll find it. And are you, are you here to market to your B2B world? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. I started doing it a year ago. 
also and just started posting on LinkedIn. And then you realize in the world of corporate real estate, the marketing is just stale as shit. And as fuck. You, and then when you start posting things, Like one thought leadership piece on LinkedIn is better biz dev than the entire sales force yeah. if you hit pay dirt. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I know. Okay. Josh Burnett, uh, Columbus, Indiana. We met at Agent 2021. My, uh, my wife's been really sick for a long time. Discovered your content. Got obsessed. It was like the thing that got me up and got me through. Uh, then I moved back to my hometown. Started a Celebrate Columbus show. Modeled after Ask Gary Vee. I remember. And um, that then turned into a business that just turned one. It's $250,000 company. Just, you know, a little bitty. And I'm um, just here to learn how to to grow that and because I'm in, I'm from Indiana and everybody does really traditional marketing and I want to help them. Uh, how, Not how go you, out of business. And, and, <laughs> but how you've helped me yep. and I think that we can do that. It's cool. awesome. Awesome, cool. So what I want to do in this part is get real selfish. Like what, how do I sell a Pinot Noir in Pennsylvania? Like literally, you know, in the time that we have together because I know what the curriculum is and like, I, I, listen, you, you, most people, it's very rare for somebody to be here without having a good sense of what I talk about you know, in the scheme of things. So you guys all know that like, this is very exciting for me because this is, it took me a long time to even consider doing something like 4Ds and to know that even if I, uh, to the point where like, I just like it so I don't know if I ever want to not be a part of it but clearly I'm so pumped that even without me you're going to get your ROI. So for me, I'm trying to push the groups to go even more narrow because I don't want to answer something in our limited time that I know has already been answered or it comes after. So, you know, I, w- I would stress on you as we go around the room to like really like, you know, whatever, and by the way, I don't care, whatever you really want to ask, <coughs> but that's what I would really like to answer. What have you had already? Who's pres- what have we presented already? Strategy, creative, arts, and OCEO. Got it, and what's coming next? Media, media. Uh, pl- platform partnerships, Vayner uh, Talent. No media? Yeah, media. Thank you. Cool. Okay. Alexa? So I guess my big question is how do I structure this to succeed as far as I want to be able to feature other agents in other areas? However, you know, because I want to bring in the local expert to share what that area is about and interviewing them. But how do I then make sure that I'm also capturing that lead and giving out the referral to giving for free versus? Yeah. So the way you do it is kind of the way Open Table did it. So, the guys, the internet is the highway of attention, right? And then you have toll boots, just like in real fucking life. There's highways, there's toll boots. In our world, I think this is right, the states get that fucking money, right? They're the toll booth. In this world, it's Google, Facebook, Amazon, got it? They're, and why they are is they won. They got the closest to the consumer and are at the biggest scale of being the, lever of, the layer above the internet. You being, it, perfect. You saying earlier, I wanna be the voice, cool. You're gonna have to pay the Amazon layer to be that, they're in charge. Your goal is to be what Open Table was, what I am for entrepreneurship. I'm not gonna be the, the highway, that's the internet, that may become the blockchain and that's gonna be very interesting to watch. I realized in the mid 2000s I wasn't capable or interested in becoming the next layer, wasn't my skill, wasn't my ambition, aka building an Apple, a Netflix, to Amazon, one of these iconic six or seven companies that sit so on top of the internet itself, Facebook and Google being the best executions of that, right? What I aspire to do and what I want all of you to aspire to do is then be the next layer. You wanna be third. 
So what you need to do is if you're able to, for example, through Facebook advertising, Instagram, podcasting, and Google AdWords, be the first thing that somebody sees when they see they wanna buy a place in Indiana, well then they're coming to you and then you're coming to Indiana. The thing that people don't understand about OpenTable is OpenTable charged restaurants $1 a seat if you went through their platform. If you went to OpenTable and booked four seats, besides the SaaS, the monthly cost that restaurants pay OpenTable for the software, they would pay a VIG of $4 in addition. What OpenTable understood brilliantly in 2002 and three is they could buy that lead on Google for 50 cents. Game over. Understand? That's why I give, that's basically in a nutshell, the black and white reason why I do what I do. I do what I do because I give away the most value for free because that's the leverage point of the things that I do. And whether it manifests into something like this or other business or not, I don't care and I think you guys know that and hence why that is the leverage. Basically, the answer I just gave you is the answer to everybody. Now the question becomes, what are you good at? Is it the written word? Is it audio? Is it video? It's actually stunningly interesting to me that I could get up and leave and basically answer everybody's question. I'll go in detail, but it's been answered. Your goal is to be the third layer. That's it. I don't know what to say. That's it, man. And so that's why I obsess about day trading attention. If Snapchat's, if, if Snapchat's important because you care about 15 to 25 year olds, the internet's the first layer, Snapchat's the second layer, you need to be the third layer, AKA the biggest star. It's just the way all media's always worked. When TV was the second layer, right? They didn't own, you know, the government owned, like how, you know, right? TV, ABC, NBC, CBS, right? You wanted to be Johnny Carson. You wanted to be Monday Night Football. You wanted, got it? That's it. So what you need to figure out is what your content, and then it goes into art and math. What are you capable of? Pictures, videos, what's your system? Am I gonna be filmed by a dude? Am I gonna create? Am I a great copywriter? Did I write a great thoughtful post? Is my skills there? And then how do I amplify it? Do I have no money because I'm a kid and I just started? Well then fucking you better win organic. And so you need to care about Instagram more than you care about Facebook because it's better at organic than that. And that's literally, I mean it's probably the most succinct I've ever described this. It's that basic. So that's why I can do this. That's why I can do Q&A and improv. That's the truth. Then I just have to listen. Oh, hotels, okay, what do they care about? Oh, they care about dumb shit like the subjective nature of I'm a luxury brand so I as the CMO of this hotel group I'm gonna say that's not luxury enough because in my truth of a human my justification for being is my subjective opinion of luxury. That's how I figure things out. So what you need to figure out is, for example, if I was your business partner, I would say, let's look at all 50 states if we have that kind of ambition and let's figure out which ones are the most fucked up and nobody's doing anything right and start there because it's gonna cost us less and there's gonna be more land grab. It's actually buying real estate. It's underpriced stuff. So you start with Alaska and Indiana and Ohio, not New York and Florida because that's more of a supply and demand issue. Ohio's super fun because it's a big enough market but it oftentimes doesn't have the competitive landscape that a New York or Florida or LA will have. You see where I'm going? So is it not smart to focus on like the retirement places people retire? No, I think that's actually very smart. I think that that's then the, that's then the niche within the strategy. strategy. 
strategy. Mm -hmm. Is it better to focus on that niche or go wide with the strategy? I think that comes down to preference, ambition. There's a million variables there. I think I get that if you go in that niche, you're gonna be competing within an Arizona, Florida kind of environment. Um, you know, that's what, you know, there's a million things you can do. What I think you've discovered based to being young, you know, uh, next generation, uh, I love the way you framed it up because you see a white space. I mean, again, I listen, as you guys know, I speak at real estate stuff all the time. Real estate people love me, it's personal brand, I get it. But you know, until, you, until your sister decides to become one, you don't care as much. So I'm just listening and I'm like, you'll get 25% for a referral? I'm like, what do you mean, one more time, like Maribel wants to buy a new place and like, because she wants to help me and she knows my sisters, like she can start with me and then you can call the person she actually wants to work with and that person has to like, I'm like, this is the craziest shit of all time. (laughs) It really, really, really is to your point. And so I think focusing on the referral part of that business is a really good idea because sometimes there's just money and things that doesn't make sense that is more lucrative than its value and that is the referral real estate business. And to that point. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like I could fucking make a fucking million dollars right now with sending one tweet. Like it's fucking crazy. I'm like hey I'm in the referral. Like I literally post on my Instagram story right now like swipe up. I want to be your referral person. <laughs> like, <laughs> no it's like yeah exactly. I'm like fuck Liz. I'm going to take all the money. I'm like it's so fucking crazy. <laughs> so yes I think you're barking up the right tree. I think how you decorate it it's kind of like, yes, it's a good idea to be, buy beachfront property in Malibu 40 years ago. What house you build, ironically, is secondary. If you build a very evergreen style house, it probably holds on to more value. If you build something that was just made for the 50s and went out of vogue, it probably wouldn't because you'd have to renovate or tear it down. So that's your variable. I think your thesis is right. Now, my, here's my one thing, because if, maybe I'm not focusing on the actual like state by state, location by location, comparing and contrasting for people. Maybe it's just focusing on how, trust me as an agent, Period. and not as a broker, we will interview the agent for you. Period. You don't have to go through Period. the bullshit of Zillow. You got it. I feel like that's it. You got it. And then one more question, what's the third la- layer as far as voice? If I'm not gonna be at the Amazon Alexa without buying it, what's that third layer I can get to? Well, you, they'll be the, in that scenario, you can actually be the third layer, you just have to think about it smart, meaning, Alexa's gonna have people build apps on top of it. So you could start something called Relocating 101, and that's the name of the app, and then you know somebody goes, Alexa, download Relocating 101, or start, go ahead, you can fix it, start Relocating 101, yeah. and, and then it's your voice, and you're like, hi, like, you know, where are you moving to? Ohio, what are you doing, you know? So, so I actually think ironically, I just wanna make sure you understand how competitive it is. So everybody understands, the apps that are gonna be built on Alexa are the next lucrative businesses, but it's hard to become Spotify, Instagram, and Waze. And it's hard to invest in Uber and Snapchat. Do you understand? But it is what's gonna happen. The next things we all talk about, like everybody in America is gonna play a board game on top of Alexa, the way we play HQ trivia, and somebody's gonna make a lot of money for having that game. That will happen. So thanks to you, um, I'm gonna be, I'm on the path to be the number one real estate speaker in the world through your, your giving away the free content. Like that's what I was missing. And so now, right. I, was, I was charging for coaching and I went free. And now I give away all those deepest secrets and content for nothing. And all of a sudden, miraculously, you make more money, not Amazing less. things are happening. So, <laughs> so fucking so, basic. <laughs> it's really fucking intense, man. It, it, By the way, it's completely evergreen. 
Even for like, like you know, like I don't know, like spec work. Like all, we don't, like it's just crazy, even this. Like we have, we have agencies that we want, I, I don't know, you're, you're, I want your business, like I want a hotel client, like, like we don't have one, <laughs> like, like you know, like, but you know, to me I never get scared when I hear that, not because they're small, because I was small, like small is where everyone starts, it's just that doing the right thing always plays itself out. There's a lot of agents in my market that are mad at me because they feel like I'm training the competition who are, who are in the same market taking our market share, but I just They don't understand the abundance of reality. It's, it's unlimited. So my question is, Cortez was in here earlier and uh, I gave him my story, you know, a roofed house, has got yep. real estate, made money, lost everything, went back to roofing, worked on oil rig, came back, number one remix agent in Alabama. So I told him the story, I told him my message, which was to line up who, people, who agents are with how they're communicating and value relationships over transactions and my whole spiel. Got it. He said he's losing the connection between my story and my message. And my question is, how do I connect the two? Like well, first of all, and this, is, and this is not a dig at Cortez, this is a dig at me too. The number one that all, thing you all have to do is recognize these are very short engagements and you have to make sure if you agree with him. You know, like I'm worried to be at the vulnerability of Cortez's subjectiveness just because Cortez is wearing a Vayner jersey and sits here, like he may be wrong or he may be right. Do you think he's right? I think that's a more... It made me think about it. Okay. And so here's what I would say. When I think about things, and it could be somebody who I've never met before or something Dennis says who I've known for a long time, I always make sure that I fully think it through before I act on it. So a lot of you are gonna get a lot of different thoughts and angles here and expansions on thoughts you've had, intuitive, or across the T that you needed or an I. Or I, I, I'm desperately scared that my word would be gospel. I think what, why I win a lot and people that follow my stuff win is I keep shit basic as fuck, right? And then I'm very good at spending a lot of time in understanding the current state of attention and culture. Like everything, that, the reason you failed was because you did the wrong things. You did short-term behavior, now you're feeling this insanity because you're on ultimate long-term behavior. As far as the story connecting, that makes sense from a strategist standpoint. I just want to make sure it's true because you can lose a lot between strategy and execution. You can get the Cortez part really right and then the Babcock part really wrong. So like there's a lot of variables here so I don't want to dwell on anything too, too much. I think it's very easy to not lose your story. I think you just tell it over and over. Like you guys probably know this by consuming my content. You look at the, you know, I've started to finally not do this, right? But like, I don't know, only probably about a year ago, year and a half ago did I, two years ago did I stop not taking the first 20 minutes of my keynote to tell you I was born in Belarus and I gave a fuck about lemonade and, right? Like, you know, finally I was like, okay, maybe there's enough awareness that I, I'm not doing any value for the audience anymore and I adjusted. Hey everyone, Dio here. So I think it's really important to underline Gary's point and uh, it's something everybody should definitely be considering. Now, dependent upon your audience, what is the story that you tell? How can you most effectively communicate your role, your origin story, your function in a very non-robotic way that penetrates? What are the three to five most common questions you're asked about your business or yourself? And how are you crafting that through narrative in your response? That is your brand. Okay, let's, uh, let's get back into it. It makes me more, you know, you can associate more with, like it's hard, right? People are always like, what's your, you know, you guys probably think, that, like, I, I thought about it today, I was like, fuck man, 
I wonder how many people think I'm secretly super depressed. This is literally what I thought today. Because if I was consuming me, I'd be like, no way. No fucking way you're this pumped every day. You know? So I was like, you know what I mean? So like, I'm like, fuck man, I really wish I had a bit, you know, I've had losses like that too, but they were side projects. They weren't the, I've only run two businesses. You know? And when you run three, you've got side, they're not, you're running none. Right? Um, I don't know, but it's very easy to tell that story if you think oh, it's. Yeah, it's easy to tell. I'm just, the way he. Yeah, again, this is where I have cynicism to my own employees because I don't want them to get too deep in the discipline and strip out the practicality. You know? Like, you know, and even, even looking at Dennis and Mark Evans, you know, I don't, by the way, because Dennis had a, a nut business in the Ukraine doesn't make me automatically say I like his point of view on this issue more than Mark who's grown up in the game. That, that's not the point of it, but the point is you do have to keep that in mind. Like the reason I think VaynerMedia is gonna win in marketing is unlike all my clients, I've always marketed for the health and well-being of my family. <laughs> like, like my, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it's you, right? Right? It was you, now it's, it feels different now that you're in that company, no matter what. You have a, and maybe that's exciting and what you need at this point and maybe you're gonna miss it being on the hook and you'll go through that, we'll all go through that. You know, I secretly am like, fuck man, I hope somebody doesn't come and offer me $5 billion for Vayner because I'm gonna have to take it because I wanna buy the Jets and then I'm gonna be an employee for three years? Fuck me. You know, like, I don't know, like, you know, like, you know, you think about all these things, I wouldn't get too hung up. I would say you're getting hung up on the right thing. That's why you're feeling right, it. Right, right. But just keep, fuck, like fuck your origin story. Keep bringing value. Right. I don't give a fuck about my origin story. It's an immigrant story, it's cool. There's a lot of fucking immigrants, right? And there's a hell of a lot of people that had it worse or different or what have you. I'm, I'm not, I mean it's funny, one of my pieces of content went on WorldStar's Instagram account and like, like just reading all the comments of all these 15 year old kids who have no idea who I am and they're like, <laughs> He makes all this, like it's just funny. It's funny to know why I'm winning. I'm only, 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 only winning because I'm providing you guys more value than the alternatives. Through two core things. The mindset shit that I put out every day and then reminding you to keep watching me and copying me. I'm not gonna make a how-to video to post a fucking Snapchat story, but you've gotta ask yourself, why am I making so many animated GIF pieces of content on my Instagram stories? Why did I make up a swipe up piece of content and why am I continuing to, I promise you, if my swipe up animated GIF in my Instagram stories wasn't working, I wouldn't keep using it. I'm the easiest tell of all time. Everything I'm doing is either A, I'm trying to figure out if it's working, or B, it's working. Very simply, if you haven't seen it a whole lot, I'm trying to figure it out. If you see me keep doing it, it's fucking working. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I think my biggest question is, um, I came, because I'm trying to build a small agency. Yes. Anything I can take from Vayner to yes. my own just makes sense. Um, but then I think my question for you is, I'm at that kind of crux where I have a nine to five, I have a wife, two kids, mortgage. Um, You're right in between right now? Yeah, and like I'm, I just picked up last month a client that like, I'm just pretty much paycheck would be the same as my take home from the side. The new client has gotten you to the place where the revenue from each is even. Mm -hmm. You should, that's when it's a good time to jump. Keep going. So so my question with that though is, do I, because part of my concern is if I jump, but then that limits some of the 
like as much as I hate my job, it has given me the opportunity to be here or get the equipment I need or reinvest in the company. So you should wait longer. It's just value exchange. Right. That's an exchange. Right. So the value, I mean, I don't think all my employees stay here just because of what they get paid. They're making a lot of gray calls. How big is Gary really gonna be? You know, what, what if the market does crash? Is Vayner positioned better than the altar? Like, they're making decisions. Yeah. I like it. I like the commute. I like the person I sit next to. I mean, there's a million variables. Yeah. I like playing basketball in the morning, right? Yeah. And I think, like, partially nervous. Ask the questions I know the answer. Which is? Well, it's, it's so for me, like, the time that I'm going to put in is what it is, so it's not more time. Which matches right, cause you're doing, right, you're, you're between your job and your side hustle, if you went to your side hustle full time, that would take up all that time because that's what would needed to make it con- grow and be sticky, right? Right, right. Okay. So and I think like... Is your wife scared for you to make that jump? Not anymore. So we, Great. Got, to, we got to the point where... Honestly bro, honestly I swear to God, I love what I'm hearing. I'll tell you why. I think you know, all you're trying to do, I think people jump too early. I think people expect me to say certain things that I don't say. Right. I, don't, I think people jump too early. Right. And I, think I would actually argue, I did the same thing with VaynerMedia. I talk a lot about not liking the beginning, but like, I think I would've jumped too early if I went full time with AJ in 2009 and didn't still help Wine Library and get that, I needed to tie up that bow. I needed to make sure, mm-hmm. for sure, that if I walked out of there for real, that it wouldn't go out of business. Right. You know, and Crush It came out, and I was like, oh shit. Like, what is this personal brand thing? Like, I gotta calibrate that. So like, I just think you're crossing your T's and I's. The important things are, what's the value you're getting and what does your partner think? Because if you were spending all your energy reconfirming to your wife it's gonna be okay, you're gonna lose. So if she's truly at not anymore and if you have to stay another six months because there's other couple different things that your job allows you, but inevitably you're gonna get to that place where there's nothing. And, And it doesn't need to be money, it needs to be something. Maybe it's got a training program. Maybe you get to work on things that are teaching you things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that extra income that lets you to come to this. But eventually you'll get to that place where there's nothing. Right. I think like, the other concern is just like, I don't want to not do as good of a job as I could or should for my side clients because like the time is like, I'm, I'm pretty much maxed on the time right now. I get so, it. I get it. I, I would say this. Mm-hmm. How good I'm doing for my client, for all of you, is subjective and too many of us make that judgment for our client. I, I have to jump in here. So I wanna draw attention and really underline Gary's port here because I just, I know how many people are listening right now that have side hustles and ambitions to make that side hustle a full-time pursuit. So there's often a sense of guilt that is sometimes imposed by family, friends, and colleagues about the pursuit of a side hustle or passion. And I think it's too often that we let these judgments prevent us from even starting. In reality, letting the client, the boss, the numbers kind of run their course is ultimately going to be the only way to understand what the outcome will be. Now, uh, listen closely here because I think Gary's follow-up to all this uh, really packages it all perfectly. Some of my happiest clients, I hate what we do for them. Some of my most unhappy clients, we do the best for them. From my point of view. And I think I'm a good point of view, but never make the judgment for the other person. Let the results speak. 
if everybody starts firing you, you were right. right. <laughs> and then I, guess I would say one thing, SMBs and small businesses are fickle mm-hmm. and don't have the luxury that bigger companies do of like not being patient and letting merit play out. You will have high turnover of clients so you need to make sure that you don't jump because of this client that then fires you in six months, even if you're doing everything right. So I would create an extra 20%, 30% cushion too. So or as soon as you jump, go hard at getting more in. Right. And so like, if you had to make the decision of like, this is the, I know it's a personal, but like, what would your criteria be for that? That the, I can't come up with anything anymore that the alternative brings value. That you can't say in your head, but they're teaching me this. But I like Sally Pants, my neighbor, who's teaching me a skill that I'm gonna need. But I like the double income for now because we still gotta take one more Disney vacation. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you're done with the butts, you're ready. Thank you. My turn. So, um, so I'm transitioning now from my own, so full-time and yep. side hustle on this market yep. to employer on that market. It, uh, one of my concerns is when I, when I was doing the side hustle, it was kind of like threw a lot of stuff to the wall and with limited budget and stuff and see what kind of work did. Right, you had nobody to justify to besides yourself. Right. So you can't deviate from it. Let them fire you. Okay. Otherwise, you'll lose. You'll become a different animal. Okay. You're either a student or an entrepreneur. What you're asking right now is black and white. If you have to justify when you don't have an answer, you don't have an answer, bro. Bro, I don't have answers. Why? I don't know because it seems like people's attention is going there and I think video is gonna work on it so I gotta figure it out. That's the why. You either have an organization that understands that or you don't. I'm not asking Dennis and Mark to like give me, I'm asking for updates on Vayner Mentors. Macro, how's it going? I'm not asking them to tell me the details of the call or to give me their fucking, like, tell me what you're gonna do on that call. Got it? So if you work in an organization that before you spend a thousand bucks wants to know why and what's the ROI, you're in deep shit. So how, when, you, when you said that, here's my question, how long do you guys on a, on a micro level try stuff before you're like, this doesn't work, this is working better, this is, so do you guys like run stuff until? Vayner? Oh, we pander to the bullshit. Hmm. Just, that's, that's, we, we do what they, we're in client services. You have the benefit of being the person. What does Vayner do? They fucking do the wrong thing because we're forced in. We, we cry about it along the way so that when they understand that it's not right, they're like, wait a minute, you might have been right. So we cry up front and whine about it and then when proven to be right, find an opening and then we better fucking hit and sometimes we do and sometimes we don't and that's the life of Vayner Media, right? And the reason we're special is we have a CEO who cries about it out loud, which allows us to then cry about it in the micro, which at our best, we really push against it if we don't agree, but we'll do it. And then when they realize it doesn't work, that gives us credibility, right? Most people see me and see the alternatives of rah-rah people, and if they're insecure and in a bad place, think it's better to pay the bullshit person than to follow me, because I'm suffocating bullshit. But the good news is after they waste $10,000 on an ebook or a trip, then they are ready to hear me because their bluff has been called because it didn't work. So, sorry, so real practical. Yes. On a company that's like, my audience is basically the guys going to Cabela's SREI, buying the, the high curve. I know who your customer is. We're trying, we're trying to bring him more into, hey, this is, you know, 
you gotta be ready, you know, when you're going to go high, you gotta be ready when you're in the office. You gotta be ready when you're like in the house and subway. Like, trying to hit that, I guess, if you're my interest, how would you go about that as far as? So, y- you know it's the reverse of me, right? Like, well, you're gonna sell fear. You don't wanna sell fear. You have no option, it's what you're selling. Your math doesn't work out. What happened at YouTube yesterday is not real mathematically. You should be selling, not texting when people drive. You should be selling, not consuming sugar. You should be selling a fuckload of things, brother, not that. Now, I don't judge. There's a lot of people that don't agree with what I just said. That's Mazel Tov to me. But I want you to know, you will not sell anything if you sell optimism. <coughs> There's nothing optimistic about Hey, VaynerMedia employees, be ready when Gary's gotten so famous that somebody freaks out and wants to kill him like John Lennon so you, Dennis, can be the guy that shoots him first. Not gonna work. That's, the, that's what you have to sell. You have to run ads against VaynerMedia, which you can't do anymore, but you're against VaynerMedia and say, VaynerMedia, your CEO's getting real famous and isn't it spooky that people are coming through and you better be ready, Maribel, and you're part of the office CEO and like, you better be ready. Fuck that. For me. But for you, I have empathy. Like I'm not, again, I don't judge. Like people have so many different things, but if you're, se- if you're selling that, like be ready. Somebody's arm might sever off an attack or your kid might get shot at school. And like, you're only selling fear, man. So nobody's gonna buy you on the optimism of it. It's an, and by the way, I don't judge it. This is not a political issue to me. It's not. Insurance is fear. The math doesn't work out. But then, but then you know what happens, right? Somebody's house does burn down. And you're like, woo! Right? You know, I say this and then tomorrow there's a shooting on floor 20. And I'm like, woo! Right? Like, I get it. Right? It's like, you know, when the sirens are behind you and you get scared for a second, you drive slow again. <laughs> so you're, gonna, you're stuck. You're gonna have to sell fear. Because it's what you're selling. Because what you'll find is if you're like, fuck, to the point of what I'm trying to get you to, he's like, fuck Gary, he's wrong, and you're trying it, the math isn't gonna work out. It's human psychology. Back to like those pillars that are true. What's the angle of optimism? Like you're the hero against the fear event. You'll always go back to, you know, that's okay. I don't think it's necessarily wrong, and guess what? I could argue the other side. One person buying against fear and then saving the day, if we save one person, I'm happy, especially over money. I'm being dead serious with you. In lieu of $80 billion going to you that shouldn't, if one of those dollars saves one person's life, I'm like, that's pretty cool. So you can, you know, I said something the other day that I'm starting to really believe in. You find what you're looking for. If you wanna think the fucking country's all fucked up right now, it's very easy. There's plenty of people talking about it. If you wanna be like me and think it's the greatest year of all time, guess what? It's super easy. Go search on Twitter right now. Thank you so much for, I make myself super happy. You find what you're looking for. What about the flip side of saying, we're selling safety or like the, the idea of empowering you to say, hey, you got this. something that will close down. You, you don't have to freeze. You I get it. I think, I think that's probably where you're gonna go. It's gonna go into macho-ness, right? But I think you're gonna inevitably, trying to convince the people on the coast of like stop being a metrosexual and be a dude is gonna be more expensive than going to the person in the middle which says fuck brown skin people. You're gonna, you're gonna get suckered in. 
biggest thing I'm proud of is how much revenue VaynerMedia does. And not because it does 140, but because if I was willing to waiver, we'd be doing 740. If I was willing to sell television commercials and Google AdWords, we'd be doing $740 million in revenue. We've gotten a 140 selling something nobody wants. Of course, of course. Off of your So. But you know what's funny? I think I gave the insight to the one opening to optimism, which is like maybe you make that argument macro. If you want to go really altruistic and, and open, it's like, hey, a lot of you are never going to need this. You're just not going to convert as well because you're going to give that person be like, yeah, I'm not going to need it. And the business people aren't going to be happy about that. You know? So. Um, so, uh, since we saw each other, two big things about And by the way, I apologize real quick because I think it, it does spark into politics. I think it's important. I, it goes both ways. CNN's coverage of YouTube would have been totally different if it was a 41-year-old dude who was white. Just like it's the reverse. It's just, the, you know, it, it's why we need to have empathy for each other. Like, everyone's like, you know, and everybody thinks they're right which means they're both wrong. Wow, okay, so there's uh, there's a lot to unpack here and it, it might require a few listens back, but for context, Gary is referring to a shooting that happened at uh, the YouTube HQ on April 3rd. Uh, additionally, I, I think this is an incredibly candid and unfiltered moment that really is, um, at the core of kind of Gary's ability to effectively communicate two sides of an issue. These conversations are likely ones that you won't see or hear in any of his other content, but given the nature, um, the intimate nature of 4Ds, it's a setting where Gary gets to really go full Gary. Let's get back into it. Um, so, um, on the hotel side of things, um, two big things um, have happened in the industry since 2009 or so when we, when we chatted. Um, Marriott and Starwood merger, yes. consolidation, where there's one big player for yes. all commodity loyalty programs, yes. commodity hotels, so commoditization at scale, and Priceline and Expedia bought up all the other OTAs and are spending $3.5 billion on Google AdWords. Real, real quick, I apologize. I have to call my kid's school in, in about eight or nine minutes, so I'm gonna bounce out and I'm gonna find a time to get bounced in. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, the, on the, the OTA side of things, that, yes. uh, you know, big consolidation there, big consolidation of big hotels. Yep. The OTA is playing a big game in Google AdWords, $3.5 billion in Google AdWords spend. And all the Be the layer above the layer, right? Yeah, and so now Roger Smith is having to buy their own, you know, their own keyword to compete with Priceline and Expedia. And, um, and then there's also consolidation. So I know everything. Happen, which has you know, opened up for smaller lifestyle brands to come up and say, hey, people who don't want these commodities. But the number one thing for the whole industry is how do you generate direct demand because Expedia and Priceline are charging 25% commission. And then similarly, Hotel Tonight has figured out how to reduce all friction of the game where it's a fingerprint and you book your hotel. So from, there's a technology place, there's a big ad budget piece that you're up against the consolidation. I understand and everything. All those dynamics, yeah. Which is why brand is everything. Yeah. Right? Which is why the answer to his question is really Facebook, if you give a fuck, about three years from now, not 12 months from now. Right? 
if you work in a big corporation or a mid-sized paper or if you're short-term thinking, you're gonna spend the $14 a lead on Google. If you're smart and you think your kids are gonna run your hotel because you want it to be in the family forever, you're gonna make as much content that's valuable to people as possible and create the right accommodations because that's the only thing that supersedes transaction. The only thing that supersedes transaction is brand. And so uh, on the brand development content side of things, for, rather than transactional ads and, and Facebook. Correct. Yeah. It's why Product I do what I- Acquisition, brand development. That's right, right? Why am I gonna sell an ungodly amount of the wine that I'm gonna introduce later this year? Brand. Not because you searched Pinot Noir and I'm the first result. But fucking 10, 15 years of hardcore brand, you know? Like, so that's why that will be big. Instead of if I started it during Wine Library TV's first year, it would have been smaller. Not super complicated. Always. The risk of making a $50,000 video that becomes Dollar Shave Club or Where's the Beef or Just Do It is always the answer. It's just hard. What if you go 0 for 5? You just spent $250,000 on making five videos that nobody gave a fuck about. You can't do that on Google AdWords because even, even if you pay $29 a lead, better than, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why people lose. They make the short-term decision because the short-term decision has no risk. It might be overpriced, it may be a drug. And because it's a real estate business that's cash flow driven, it may be way on a $300 million building, but everyone's just looking at, hey, how do I get this transaction and don't have a long enough view of how do we build. Dude, it's everything about everything, right? Like, you're not sleeping well or out of shape or anything because your psychology isn't right. Like, you know, like, you, you can do anything no matter how your DNA built. You're obviously gonna be, look, people have thicker bones, and I get it, but like, how do you get into physical or mental shape? You gotta be right. And you gotta be right. Like, it's just very basic. And that's how I think about businesses. How do you build a big business? You don't get yourself stuck in the toll booth. I'm not at the mercy of the Wall Street Journal, Inc., Fortune, Fast Company, CNBC. Poor Emily wants me to do shit all the time. I don't give a fuck. I don't need them. Right, I'm like, I don't need Shark Tank, fuck them. Real life. <laughs> Everybody's like, Gary, you should be on Shark Tank, cool. What's the punchline of being on Shark Tank? Because when, you know, Cuban's done his thing, but when I compare myself to like what a Shark Tank can do, when those things are happening at bigger scale, I'm doing it direct to consumer. I get paid more to speak than Barbara or Damon. Or Mr. Wonderful or Robert, like, my books sell better. don't get caught in the system. The only way you don't get caught in the system is you go direct to the consumer. Reason I don't know anything about it, I just, I'm interviewing somebody for production, senior production person here at Vayner. He's like, what about David in Miami, the agency? When he realized I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about, even though I did know that we work with them with ABI, it clicked for him. It doesn't matter, even if they're the hottest and the best and whatever, it doesn't matter. That's what everybody here needs to do. Never be at the mercy of anything. And the only way you're not at the mercy of anything is if you're the most important to the actual end consumer. That before they ever type in into Google search hotel, they type in ramadain.com. That's the game. And it's gonna get even more intense with voice. Because voice is gonna be like, book me a hotel. Or book me a Hilton. There's gonna be no blue ad. 
Priceline and Expedia and OpenTable have a new game to play soon and they're gonna lose because they're now stuck on their drug. Because they have a toll booth on this highway but now it's moving. Brand. You've gotta convince people as compelling as I did which is hard because even I can't pull it off to make the creative investment to build a brand. Well, that's the challenge. We do amazing creative and they will put out dollars behind it. And we do, yep. you know, we're doing all the things that we do even at a global scale with Brits. Yes. And then they won't, you know, they don't put the, the ad dollars behind it because they say, hey, there's a transactional ad, which is traditional banner ads. I got it. I got to it. Turn that corner but you need to, money. the insight for you, like three, like is we whine about it for real along the way. The one thing I, and they can speak to it better, and really Mark, Maribel, Dennis probably can speak to it best. I've given them permission to push back more than other places. They may not because, you know, they're like, especially if you're a client service, like you may default too far to like, like what's the best value you can give a client service? A lot of times my own people are just servicing to, the, to their, what they want. It's very easy, I do it too so I don't judge them. But the best thing you can tell them is the truth. Even while you do the other thing. It's like what I do with my kids. I take them to the toy store and I'm like, you're fucking spoiled. All right, buy all your toys, but you're fucking spoiled. You know, like you've got to do both. And then eventually you've got to take them off the toys. Like I can't wait till my kids are 12 when they realize, holy shit, everything that was real for 12 years is now zero. It's gonna be awesome. And they're gonna detox. It's gonna be like a crackhead. They're gonna hate me with all their heart. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You're going to Target that just opened up on 69th and 3rd and you're a fucking cashier now. You're more than welcome to start a YouTube show and sell shit, but I'm not giving you a fucking dollar. Right? And if you don't do it at, if you, don't, if you do it at 12, my opinion, could be wrong, you can still pull it off. You wait to 18, they're fucked. You know? I definitely am not worried about it at five. You know? All right, I gotta do this call, yep. right? I'll be back. <laughs> okay, everyone. So let's take a quick break here. Now is probably a good time to uh, let you guys know about upcoming 4Ds dates. We have four on the calendar through the end of the year. Our first 4Ds in LA on November 27th. We have four seats left for that. Uh, two dates in New York, December 3rd and December 13th. We have one seat left in each of those respectively. And then for everyone who's listening in the UK and EU, we have a date on December 19th, and that'll be our last 4Ds for the year, for 2019 dates, you can check out vaynermedia.com backslash events. And another quick note, if anyone has any questions about 4Ds, what the day entails, please feel free to shoot me a tweet or uh, an email if it's more private in nature. Uh, you can tweet at me at Nick, D-I-O-D-A-T-O, and send me an email at N-D-I-O-D-A-T-O at vaynermedia.com. I think that's good for now. Let's get back into the episode. This is Inside 40s. You, you're, you're taking my opinion from when the book came out. Have you looked at my last 30 uh, posts, on my last 60 posts on Instagram? I'm either zero or five max. Here we go. <laughs> this is the most dangerous, this is why I hate writing books. This is why, this is why I keep telling people, I day trade attention. Like, I, I literally, like, I will never give better advice than to watch what I do. You go look at my last 70 fucking posts on Instagram right now, I don't have hashtags. But when I was doing it, that was the right thing to do. 
I'm, I'm being serious. I don't know what to say. Got it? That's why this game is so tough. This is why I changed it to day trading attention. It's day trading. I don't know how they, you know, I don't know day trading super well and I don't know how people bought stocks back in the day, but here's what I know. It's faster now. Like, I don't know, my, literally my opinion on Snapchat could change tonight. All right. Career. Career. As a consultant or are you gonna start your own brand? I would be a consultant to small, small love it. how to help them with love it. Instagram, micro-influencers, all that stuff. You know, and it's so what can I help you with? Because I really get it. What don't I get? I mean, we got to promote the winery, which is micro-influencers. It's, you, go to, you go to San Francisco and you do tastings that we work to drive some influence. You maybe run some Facebook ads when they're having events because some of these guys are in nice complexes to where, you know, it's... I'll give you some answers real quick, right off the bat. <clears throat> Most of the things that wineries think people give a fuck about, they don't. Nobody in this room gives a fuck about how many bricks, how many tons to the acre. You know, like, they don't, one of the big misconceptions in the wine world is what the consumer actually cares about. So, I'll give you a great example. If one of your buddies has a golden retriever, I would literally make a 17 minute video about the golden retriever's part in making the wine, which is to run around the vineyard and like, you know, and I know, you know, like we're not telling the right stories in the wine world. But you're trying to, what cases? calling them randomly on October 9th and saying, hey, this is Tommy McGee. You buy McGee Vineyards wine from us. It means the world that you're on my mailing list. Have the best day ever. Will work better than anything I come up with. It sure is. I mean, to me, that's the best piece of advice I've ever got from you to apply to these guys is, well, one, because I'm from Chicago, and two, <laughs> Oh, God, that story, like, drilled you. That's crazy. It's that story, man. It, listen, like, it's the story. It's, it's the story. And honestly, the reason I just paused is my brain went to a place of, like, fuck, I need to do more of it. It's the number one thing to do. Right. They, they, they want to buy from my personal buddy, who's an Italian guy who sells Italian varietals yes. out of California. Yes. They want to buy him at this Red or white? So then. Red or whites, both? Red, well, yeah. Does he do Dolcetto or Nebbiolo, or what's he doing? Uh, do you know? Jolo, Sangiovese, does Roseanne Sangiovese, does he Vignet. What's the name of it? Colagrassi wines. What's it? Colagrassi. Colagrassi. C-O-L-A-G-O-G-R-O-S-S-I. Okay, go ahead. But I mean, but yeah, I mean, like they, they want, I want him to do video tasting notes and that kind of stuff because it's that, that's you're you're buying him. Hundred thousand percent. You see who, who's working out there, Hardy, and like it's just personality based. It's human. Right. What do you what do you think about Adam Lee's invention? Adam who? Adam Lee. I don't know what it is. You don't know Frank. He was like. Was he Sidori? He was Sidori. Yeah. Called it to Jackson. Yes. And now his three years with Jackson is up. And so what's so he doing? He, so he started really uh, micro. It's 700 cases a year, membership only. Yep. Kind of similar to like what you're talking about with this. You know, it's a closed Facebook community, closed Instagram. It's community. smart. He's able to make more margin on the delta of him being him. Well, and he's bringing in smaller, he's trying to network smaller producers. I get it. We're gonna get leveraged out between. You guys will like this. The big guys. You'll, excuse me, you'll like this, but you guys will like this. I, uh, I'm, I mean, stays here. I'm starting a direct-to-consumer wine brand, 100%, 100%. So it's coming. <laughs> yeah, please, please. You, you filmed it, but like, just don't share it. I trust you. Uh, and that's, if you were hardcore, you've seen some of me at the vineyards, and like, that's what I'm doing. 
I didn't want to, re- I was like first gonna self-fund it, then I wanted to let some people invest who've made me money, so like the founder of Buddy Media. Like I've, I've had a million different ways I was gonna do this. But one of the ways I was gonna do it was I was gonna, so I started this brand, but I was gonna also make 50 cases a year of another wine that was gonna be $50,000 a case. It's $4,000 a bottle. But really what it was was basically what you would get with that was four days with me in Napa. Like it was just selling that. And ultimately I didn't want to because even for, even this pushes me closer to a world that I don't want to be a part of. And I was like, fuck, that really would have pushed me there because that's an island, that's Branson, that's Tony Robbins, that's that whole world. But fuck, it was super enticing. And so like, you know, I took, cause, cause I would have sold it in four minutes. And that would have been cool, like to make $2.5 million, you know, and just like fund the whole project based on that. And by the way, it would have been a home run. Like four days with me in Napa, like for 50,000 is a better deal than 10,000. Like I just believe that. Like I just think I could do so much damage, you know? So I think Adam's, I think Adam's right. I don't know any of the details, but like access, and this is something to just think about, Definitely for you. Access is what people want. I'm giving away content for free for access. Music is free. The show isn't. Dinner with Kanye? I would give away a lot of free music to be able to get to a place in my life where I could have people pay $400,000 to have dinner with me. And guess what? In that picture I just painted you, both win. Nothing is more interesting to me than spending $20,000 right now on dinner with Altoon. People care about what they care about, right? So, yeah, I think he's right. Back to your point, the thing you don't know is the amount of volume of content needed to really win. Just the sheer volume. That you have a winery that hires you and they make a thousand cases a year and when you tell them they need 16 pieces of content a day, that's not gonna register. Got it? I would also look for people that don't have lifestyle brands, but people that have ambition and maybe turn it into something. Well, it's still amazing of like, I think I have the opportunity to pull a deer hock. Martinelli has 350 Instagram followers. They've had two live posts. You're preaching. You're preaching. Paul Hobbs has. Fucking makes the best. Still, and and, right, and literally makes the fucking best Zinfandel in the world for me. You know, I, I'm with you, man. And the cool, and they have a vineyard called Jackass Hill. Like they can do cool shit. I get it, brother. Got it. It's really cool. The volume of content. Okay. Thank you. And the evergreen franchise. Think about it, basically since I've been creating, whether it was, I did Wine Library TV for five and a half straight years, five days a week. Daily V is not growing, right? We're not, my, my, like I'm not winning YouTube, I keep bringing it up, but I brought it up to Babin the other day, like, you know, like I'm pumped with it because it's, the purpose isn't to necessarily, like, the purpose of Daily V is the actual documentation of the journey. I'm, we're gonna film an episode that is gonna get 41,000 views in its first three years and then seven trillion in one month because it would have been the day when I did the thing that did the thing. Right? You know how cool my fucking first Facebook meeting would have been when I was like, hey, can I invest in this new thing? That video would be doing well right now. (laughs) Right? So, knowing what you're up to, back to why I jump back, an evergreen series. And not the cliche thing, everyone's gonna think it should be about the crush. 
because that's the natural thing to think of. It needs to be about the not the crush. Working the market. When they go to Binnie's and everybody, and Binnie says, go fuck yourself, we're not carrying your wine. My turn? Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm in commercial real estate and my, my target audience um, are CEOs, C-level executives, operational yep. specialists, real yep. estate directors, rep tenants yep. in the marketplace. So I, I utilize LinkedIn a lot and yes. it's been great and it's been... Uh, words, videos, or pictures? Words and a uh, little bit of video. <clears throat> Put up maybe two videos up. And uh, of me like doing pull-ups and like wake up in the fucking morning and get out. That, that you know? game, got like, it. Like, uh, you know, the word saying that while I did a video of me doing like pull-ups, you know, so. I'm, You're I'm good at pull-ups? Barely, nah, well, getting, I went from two to 10, so. You nice. know, that's I weigh 250 pounds. So that's that's when you've gotten strong. <laughs> um, Dio, how many pull-ups can you fucking do? 100,000. 30 to clip. 30 to clip. 30 to clip. Uh, that's all. He looks great. Take off your shirt, Dio. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I see the veins. I, I just think for the record, uh, it's important to note here that my shirt remained on. So anyway, it, like, and I've tripled my LinkedIn in a year um, from a thousand to like thirty, you know, thirty-five hundred or something like that. So, I know, the, I know the math of tripling. Yeah, but you know, to give you a side, yeah, point, appreciate where I'm at. And just started, so, what are you thinking? It, well, like, are you intuitively understanding it's working? I feel like that's working. Good. Um, I just started doing Instagram six months. Let, ago. Let's talk about something before you go there. Yeah. Immediately, I can tell you, I'm glad I let you got out the Instagram part. You haven't even, you're at .03 of the value of LinkedIn. Too many people, my answer is do everything. But do everything, like you have to understand what you're, like what's happening. Meaning, I think everything, and B2B, LinkedIn and Facebook, and an owned media property like a podcast, is so disproportionately valuable. Like unbelievably, right? So like to me, right off the bat, I'm like fuck man, you need to like do, 10,000 times more shit on LinkedIn because it's so fertile. Yeah. It's like locations, right? Like, you know, just using your own world, right? Like, when there's an emerging neighborhood or suburb or state for a brand, they need to do a lot more there before they, they take pride in, like, we're in nine states. No, dick face, you should have stayed in four and gone harder, right? Yeah. You know this. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm thinking about you. It's like, fuck, let's go hard into LinkedIn. Just keep doing it to what? Diversify into more video. How much podcasts. content are you putting out? Um, one post a day with a. But you are there, right? Week. Yeah. That's good. I'm doing like one post a day. Good. So they, is it motivation or is it information? Uh, information. The very slight motivational post may have. Have you thought? A month. So I think one of the things that everyone will struggle with when you're in this kind of environment, and a lot of you can take something from here, is it's hard to come up with the content. Like it's hard to be like, when you're giving advice, it's like you've got your six or seven or 10 things and then you're like, fuck, I've covered that. Two big pieces of advice. Number one, interviewing people. That's why all the podcasts, this is why I've always taken pride in my podcast. I'm one of the few podcast personalities that does extremely well where the show isn't me interviewing someone. They're siphoning off somebody else's brand. I'm holding it all by myself. Right? That's why you should do it. It's a good move. You, and, and by the way, in a B2B environment, you only need, you don't need, these people don't need to be super famous. If this is like a successful something, that's what those people care about. 
what, you've made a, you had a good flip? Let's hear it, right? Uh, that's number one. Number two, Q&A. There's a reason the Ask Gary V show is, watch what I do. It's unlimited content. Once you build somewhat of a little bit of an audience, just answering questions is good content. So I would start thinking about two posts a day, one that you've been doing, and one that is either a Q&A, whereas you're done with your post, you're like, hey, don't forget the second LinkedIn post is gonna be a question, ask a question in the comments, and then literally six hours later, you jump in there and you're like, all right, Rick Thompson, did the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ask this, so that's Q&A and guests. One, listen, who, do you remember, I call this the high school party rule. I haven't used this one in a while. I mean, you never heard this, have you? I think this is the most interesting move in high school culture. If you're a mid-tier popular person, you can't be the coolest and you can't be a nerd and off the grid. You have to be somewhere, I would call it lower middle class is the prime spot. Like in the rank of 300 coolest kids in your class, you are 200. You're below the middle. If you're lucky enough that your parents don't give a fuck or travel too much or something else in your environment, if you are able to somewhere between sophomore and junior year of high school host the party (laughs) and get everybody to come to your house and shit on your house but you held it, you go from 200 to 92 to 13. If you look at every high school, if you think back to your high school, the person that was not necessarily built to be popular freshman year who hacked the system was the one that realized that if they hosted the party, it would elevate their brand within the ecosystem. The high school party rule. That's what I want you to do as a media company. If you're hosting the podcast in a very small niche and you're the host and you're reaching out and saying, hey Rick, number one successful commercial real estate personality in all of Texas, I'd love for you to be a a guest on my show. They're like, oh shit, got it? Yeah. Whoever can host the party first wins the land grab. That's what I want you to do. Thank you. That's a cool analogy, right? Yeah. yeah. Makes sense to everybody. Does everybody, like, can you literally think of the person who did that in your high school? It's It's really cool. It's really, it's a really interesting psychology. And I think it's a big white space for everybody here who's in B2B. What if you did a podcast called The Business of Wine? Not wine, The Business of Wine. Got it? Hey Paul Hobbs, hey Joel Gott, how? What? Hey Michael Skernick, where? How? Hey Kermit Lynch, not, don't tell me about the nerdy fucking Cote Roussillon, tell me how you actually built this import company. What was the breakthrough? What did Parker mean to you? Which retailer supported you? How did it happen? What, what restaurant poured it by the glass? Why did it happen? Why did Sonoma Couture happen? Why did the prisoner happen? Got it? Yeah. Then you host the party. Then it's game over. If I launch, I don't, I don't need to do it right now, but if I was in a smaller place and I was taking my own advice, I would create the CMO hour. On this show, we interview the best CMOs of the brands in the world. VaynerMedia would get business because that CMO would want to be on the CMO hour if I could build a successful show. That's what you should do. Got it? And you could do that in written form, audio form, video form, FaceTime with people. You know, there's a million ways to hack. At its ultimate, people fly in and you have an iconic background, right? In the beginning, you FaceTime with people, right? 
So we started Celebrate Columbus, 100 episodes in. That's how we've got all of our business. Yeah, I, for, I know your whole jam. For the first year. Yep. Then my question is, how do we then, um, our biggest competitors are like traditional media, print and radio, Yep. and 50,000 people in our town. There's like about 20 to 25 million that's going to that. Yes. We have 250,000. Yes. How do I, do I create the free content, like you said, for the next 13 years? Let me give you a couple themes, because I know a little bit more about yeah. your stuff. Since we met last time, I looked, actually, because I love this story. Um, the best piece of advice I can give you is not to try to sell somebody who's unsellable. The biggest mistake you'll make, and the biggest mistake you know a couple of you will make, you as well, is, uh, is trying to sell somebody who's unsellable. Hey, Johnny's Cleaners, that Facebook shit, that's tearing our country apart. Get the fuck out of there. The biggest mistake small service providers make, oh, but the wine spectator, the, the second I get any read that the person religiously doesn't believe in technology, I'm out. I literally make it a six minute meeting. You need that 54 minutes back. There's nothing I can tell you that's better than that. The tell I see every time in your businesses is you keep trying to sell somebody who's just not going to buy. I'm very good intuitively, you may not be as good, but start building some key points. I tried Facebook, it doesn't work. What's your answer? My answer is you work with somebody that sucks. A basketball doesn't work for me the way it does for LeBron, right? You've seen that analogy for me, right? I go through three or four of them. My dad is not sellable on something he made a decision on. He's a small business owner and there are 60, you, if you're a lawyer, you have no chance with my dad. My dad's basic principle on lawyers is I will pay you, I'm still not gonna win the case and I paid twice. That's it, that's it, it's religious. I don't know what to tell you. My dad can't hire a lawyer, it's not in him. I believe that to be the case for a lot of people around social media versus print, radio, and television. What do you think about the free content of like a weekly, you know, hashtag Ask Gary V or whatever about social media and video? My move for you would be to continue to build your profile even more, and some of you should think about this, and then basically use your platform to get them business. Build you, your advice. I would, you know what would be a great show? What if? Like you literally walk into a pizza shop and be like, this pizza's the best fucking pizza in our town. Right? That's how you start it, which is a great start. And they're gonna love you for that. What if Luigi, though, didn't spend on the mailer that I got in the mail today? You know, sorry, right? What if, and he did that with Facebook ads, the same way you're watching this Facebook video. The bottom line is, if you follow out what I'm doing right now, nine people are gonna walk in and be like, yo, I saw your shit on this. And he's like, wait a minute. They didn't see it on that. Got it? Small businesses are run by fear. Defense. It, their business is not growing. They're running newspaper ads, but they're still scared to get off newspaper ads. I'm gonna tell you. So, I don't like selling to people. I like it coming to me. I think the way you do that is by giving love to small businesses and doing the shtick I just did in your way, and I know you can, different, different energy, different tone, different style, it will work. You basically become Yelp and review everybody, but make it about what if, 
and your claim is they would be doing twice the business. People start liking the show, you, this and that. They just start, they just happen to also like salad and they're gonna go to the new salad place. That place starts feeling it and they go, wait a minute. Got it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Got it. Cool. cool. All right, I'll come, we'll do selfie. I won't leave without selfies and sign anything, so I'm gonna just run this call. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. That's the end of this episode of Inside 4Ds. We're going to try and release these weekly. So stick with us while we figure out the format and how we're going to go about distribution. Thank you so much for listening. I know that this kind of format in and of itself is different from a lot of their Gary's content. So we're excited to see what you guys think. Wishing you all health and happiness. Oh, and last thing, it's so hard to believe that today, uh, the day that we're actually recording this, is the launch of Empathy Wines, Gary's direct consumer wine brand and company. And this conversation happened seven months ago when Gary started to allude that this was coming. So seven months in the making, congrats to Nate and Trouty who are working really closely with him on that. And of course, uh, today is actually Gary's birthday as well. So happy birthday, G. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next Inside 40s.